Welcome to the Cruising and Campfires podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you to seek adventure and to spark joy outside with your family. Today, I'm so excited to have Amanda Green on the show. Amanda Green is a former TV producer, freelance writer, and she's born and raised Floridian. She's also the mother of two children, a two-year-old and a five-year-old, and her family is currently on a mission to explore all 177 of Florida state parks. We had such a great conversation all about their adventures, all the different struggles that they've run into during the pandemic and how they've been overcoming those, but then also their motivation for getting out. It is so exciting to hear from her, so exciting to talk to another mom who's really cut from the same cloth that I am and just hear her adventure stories and hear her ideas. So I know you're gonna get a lot out of this episode. Let's dive right in. Thank you so much for joining us, Amanda. I'm so excited for this conversation. When you first reached out to us about your um, your experience and your adventure, I knew I had to hear more. So why don't you get started telling us your story? Sure. So um, I have two kids, a two and a half year old daughter and a five year old son. And uh, my husband and I have always been very outdoorsy. We've gone hiking and backpacking and we did all kinds of stuff and, and traveling before we had kids. And, um, we continued some of that after we had kids too. Um, but really, uh, the story is really just that we wanted to keep doing that. And, um, after my son was born, we started hearing from so many parents who would tell us, Oh, well, that's the end of that. Or you'll never go camping again, or you can't, you know, that's your last backpacking trip or whatever. And we just wanted to be like, no, it's not, you can do it with kids. It's, it's an extra challenge and it's different, but it can still be fun. It's just, you know, added things that you have to take care of. And, uh, and so that's really what my background is, is just, you know, we like to do this stuff and we're kind of adventurous and we want to make sure our kids are adventurous too. I love that. And I think you're so right. There's so many times when people are like, you're, you're crazy for doing that, or that's so hard. Why would you do that? And I just think, why wouldn't you do that? Cause what better time to introduce them to the outdoors than the now, So you specifically are on an adventure to visit all the state parks across Florida. Is that correct? Yes. There's 177 state parks in Florida. So it's going to take us a while, but uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's so amazing. That is so amazing. So what made you want to do this? What is, why, why this type of adventure? Well, when COVID hit in March and um, regular travel was off the table, we had actually planned on going across the country from Florida to California and spending um, the summer out there. But, you know, we had to cancel all of our travel plans like everybody else did. So uh, we have quite a few hiking trails around us, but we've I kind of felt like we exhausted them probably like midsummer. I felt like we did everything that there was to do within 30 to an hour of our house, which really isn't true. Um, but it felt that way. And, uh, we took a little road trip. We went up to North Carolina in July and, um, spent a couple weeks in the mountains. And my son who, um, turned five this summer was really excited about all of the hiking that we were doing. And so, um, I wanted to make sure, and, and it, 
refreshed and refueled me and my husband too. So um, whenever we got back, I really wanted to make sure that we were making hiking more of a priority again. And so that was some of it, um, but also just how do we continue to have adventures and teach these kids new things? They have lots of questions about things that are outdoors. And, um, you know, we live in Florida and there is a ton of things to do outside and the weather is usually good. I mean, we started this in July, so it was crazy hot, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's really what drove us as the why, the why now anyway, is because our other travel plans got uh, killed. So, <laughs> so we, uh, so we started this instead. I love that. So you guys are tent campers, right? Yes. Awesome. And how do your kids do in the tent? Are they comfortable in it? They are. Um, so my son, he went on his first backpacking trip when he was about eight months old. We took wow. him in, um, I think it was two nights that we did in Georgia and kind of um, central Georgia, we did a trip. And so for him, he's kind of, he's just used to it. And he's a really chill kid. And, and I realize like, you can't do it with every child, but he, for him, it's been great. And then my daughter too, um, I mean, she's a little bit more of a handful, but we still make it work with, um, with camping with them. And I mean, there's definitely some tricks and some tips that I do, you know, um, for my kids, they don't sleep well sharing a space. So they each have their own air mattress, um, for like family state park style camping. Uh, we have a big tent. It's like a 12 person tent and we usually camp with our dog as well. Who's a big dog. So the kids each have their air mattress. My husband and I have ours and then the dog has a space by the door and it works out fine and everybody's fine and comfortable. Um, the thing about camping is one, the kids get worn out during the day. They are so tired. And so even if they are still wired at night, they're going to crash eventually. And, um, and the other thing with camping too, is when the sun sets is bedtime, because there's not a whole lot that you can do after dark when you're tent camping and you don't have, I mean, you have headlamps, but you know, you're really limited on what you can do. So um, it's kind of a go to bed with the sun and wake up with the sun type of thing. And it works out fine. Um, I think the the thing is, is to try to have as much consistency as possible with bedtime, still read a bedtime story, still uh, do any other routines that you may do, and just try to keep it as normal as possible, even though you're out in the woods. And um, there's going to be some hangups, you know, like, and some extra challenges with bedtime. But um, I don't know, it seems to work out fine. And then in the during the daylight hours, uh, the kids just run around camp while we're doing all of the camp related things and breakfast and dinner and cleaning dishes and setting up the tent, all of that stuff. The kids just kind of, I let them run around and um, anytime we're at a campsite, we pull up to a new campsite. I kind of check it out and figure out what the boundaries are so that they have a space to play uh, safely, you know, just kind of check it out first. And, and um, yeah. I like that. I think that's a really important point where, uh, first off, you talked about routine and I think keeping that routine, even though we're out adventuring with our family and exposing them to these new experiences, there's something about keeping a routine that's so healthy for all of us. I mean, our bodies fall into a rhythm. So it's just a natural thing to wake up with the sun and go to sleep with the sun. It's just, I think that that's such a simple approach to it. And I love that. Absolutely love that. And then also you talked about the boundaries. Yes. We want to let our kids, uh, I I'll tell you in the beginning, of my camping journey, which 
I was, I've not grown up camping, but in the beginning of my camping journey with kids specifically, I was so paranoid about letting them go past our like little boundary of a campsite until I started to realize like they'll know the road and we talk about, you have to look both ways, of course, but then, but having a few extra expanding that boundary as much as you can, or having like a few extra spots where they can be to play and, Mm -hmm. and explore. I know one of our trail, um, state parks here in Arizona that we like, there's a whole camp, uh, like a little walking trail. They can go a little bit further ahead of us because we can still see them. It's a right. straight trail. There's not there's not a whole lot that they can get into that's going to really hurt them. And at this point, they know about snakes and stuff like that because my kids are the same age as yours, approximately. Mine are three and four, so right in between yours. Yeah. Um, but letting them have that room and that freedom, I think, is a really good lesson in life too. And so they know boundaries, but they also know where's a healthy amount of freedom. And so I think it's an, an awesome point that you go through each campground when you get there and kind of say, okay, here's our boundaries. Here's where you can go. Here's how you can explore. Now go have at it because so many kids just love that approach of just like, yep, get some freedom. I mean, that is so invigorating for them. Right. And, and there are some safety measures, not really safety measures, I I guess, um, you know, it's, it creates self-sufficiency for the kids too. And so if we're on a trail, for instance, um, at five years old, and really probably starting when it was about three years old, my son knew how to identify blazes. Even my two-year-old can identify blazes. So they know, oh, we're on the trail with the white blaze. And so even my two-year-old points out, you know, when she sees the tree that has the white blaze, it's, I found it, I found it. And so they know, like, if they don't see any blazes, then they need to stop if they don't see any blazes and they don't see us. And my um, five-year-old has his own whistle and he knows how to use it. And he's never had to, but um, it's just little measures like that that we take to make sure that we're safe in the outdoors, but they do still have full freedom and and they become self-sufficient and they learn how to navigate and they learn, you know, um, beyond just simple, if you're in the campsite and of course road safety, they know to to look both ways before crossing the street, but, uh, but to be able to say, oh, there's a hole in the tree. Don't put my arm in it. You know, like I trust my kids to, to do that because they've grown up with it. And, um, I've been around some older kids who don't have those basic skills and I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. Um, the other thing too, especially with the two year old and, and doing this with a toddler is, and is to, give them something that keeps their attention. Um, and uh, treasure hunts, something like that is a great way to do it. Scavenger hunts and having a list of things for them to find. Nature boxes work really great for the younger one because she can pick up rocks and sticks and leaves and stuff like that. Although now we're getting to an age where uh, with my older one, we're really teaching leave no trace. But um, but with the younger one, um, you know, we let her pick up little things, little trinkets that she finds along the trail and put them in a box and that occupies her. Her hands are always full of sticks and leaves and rocks. And <laughs> she's just like a, she's like a, a chipmunk with her pockets and just fills them full of stuff. That's so cute. Yeah. We actually, in one of our camping boxes, if we have the treasure tube and so they can go and put like rocks and sticks and leaves in there. And mm-hmm. then you also talked about the leave no trace. Of course. I love that too. And so some of the other activities that we have in like our printables and stuff is like go and build a fairy house. Cause you can just leave that there. Everything stays right where it was, but you can still mm-hmm. engage with nature and still touch and, you know, 
what's safe mm-hmm. to touch. I should say we were on a hike in Colorado and someone warned us there was poison Ivy and my four-year-old took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was telling everybody there's poison Ivy. And I thought, you know, how great to have that lesson that not, you can't touch everything, even though it looks beautiful. I mean, poison Ivy looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can't go touch it. And so understanding those leaves and having just even that conversation where you don't even have to physically touch it, but you can just still be around it and understand the yeses and nos of nature is mm-hmm. such a learning experience for so many people. I mean, yeah. of all ages, because if you don't oh, grow yeah. up around poison ivy, then how are you supposed to know what it is, you know? And so getting right. out there and exploring is a great way to find it. I think that's right. great. Yeah. Poison ivy, mushrooms, berries, things yes. like that to know. Don't, uh, our rule is don't touch berries or mushrooms without a grown up because you just don't know what's poisonous or not. And, um, you know, the two-year-old is uh, blueberries. No, 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 don't, right. you know, those are not blueberries. So, you know, it's, uh, it's learning stuff like that. Um, yeah. I love that. That's so, so great. So have you, what challenges, I, I shouldn't say have you, cause I'm sure you have, but what challenges have there have been presented because of the pandemic and this adventure? Well, the biggest thing that we've run into are closures and um, getting to some of the state parks and the restrooms are closed. I mean, that's okay. But um, there have been a couple that the, the state park website hasn't been fully updated on um, what the status is of the parks. We went to one, we drove, um, it was about three hours away from home. We spent overnight, we uh, spent the night there. And um, the next morning we got to the state park and the whole park was closed. We didn't know. And um, there are other ones where playgrounds are closed. There was another one that we went to and um, we went there for the boardwalk trail and the boardwalk trail was closed. So, you know, it's, that's the biggest thing to run into. And you're like, ah, I'm doing this because it's right to get outdoors right now and to spend more time outside. And then you still run into closure. So that's probably been the biggest challenge is dealing with those. Um, Most people in nature seem to be, I mean, it's a socially distant activity anyway. So we haven't run into a whole lot of problems with that. Um, but the other challenge would be getting to locations to um, different cities, different counties having different rules as far as um, mask mandates or restaurants being open if we decide to do something like that. Or even if we're going to the gas station, you know, we get into a county that doesn't have mask ordinances. And um, my family, we do wear masks. And so we walk into a gas station to use the bathroom and we're like, oh my goodness, we're the only people here wearing masks. <laughs> and um you know, so those have been the challenges that we've run into more than anything else, specifically because of the pandemic. And then of course, normal challenges of traveling with kids, but um, those are pretty easy to overcome for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting for sure. So in Florida, do they have anything where they're like checking you as you go through counties or is it just following the rules? Okay. Okay. No, you you said that I thought, Oh no, (laughs) no, you just have to kind of look in advance and try to figure out what the rule is of the place that you're going. Um, if you care, I mean, and for some people it doesn't really matter at this point. So, but for our family, it does. So we're just, um, we just decide when we get to a place, you know what, never mind, we're not going to do this. Um, and, and so we change our plans a little bit, but it hasn't been a big problem um, for us. The biggest thing would be when we get to a destination that we drove halfway across the state for and it's closed and you go, oh, well, your website said that it was just the museum that was closed, not everything, you know? Right. Oh so. my gosh. That would be so tough. 
Well, so speaking about destinations, can you tell us some of your favorite parks? What are like your top three that you've been to so far? So we've been to less than a quarter of what I think uh, we're, we're really still new at this. We have not done a lot. So I feel like this list is going to change. But from what we've seen so far, um, my favorites would be for families with young kids. I definitely like um, Sebastian Inlet State Park, which is in Melbourne, Florida. And uh, the reason for it is um, it's an East Coast beach, but they have a little cove that is really shallow and it's easy for families. I mean, my son could walk out, oh gosh, probably 50 feet and still only be up to his waist. And it was really nice because they got to really walk around and enjoy the water at the beach without having to worry about waves or undertow or anything like that. It's really nice there. Um, and then there's lots of facilities as well. It's just a, it's a good family friendly beach for, for the little kids to feel like they're getting to do everything that everyone else is doing. Cause the Atlantic beaches, sometimes the, the current is a bit much for the little ones. So we don't let them go out in the water. It's certainly not by themselves in the Atlantic, but, um, but in this little, it's just like a little, um, a little cove that they have that's nice and shallow. So that's my favorite one. Um, other favorites that we've been to uh, would be, uh, what is it? Manatee Springs. Um, I liked Manatee Springs, um, which unlike the name Manatee Springs sounds like there'd be a ton of manatees there. And I think that they do gather in the winter because manatees gather at all of the springs, but um it's not like one of the biggest hotspots in Florida for like where you can see hundreds of them piled on top of each other in the cold fronts, but it's really a beautiful spring. And it's one of the larger ones in Florida. And uh, it's just got that perfect blue water. That's like the turquoise blue and um, really clear and fresh. And then um, the trees that surround it, it just has that old Florida feel to it that I really like. Um, so the, that one would be on my top three list. And then uh, Ravine Gardens, which is in Palatka. Um, it's in, so that's kind of like North Central Florida. Okay. Um, clo probably closest big city is actually Jacksonville. Okay. Um, but what I like about that park, again, is the old Florida. It really feels like at that park, like you're still like the park is stuck in the 1950s or 60s. And I can picture like the what my grandmother would have been doing as a teenager strolling around the park and how they would have laid out their picnic blankets on the grass. And, you know, like it just had that feel. Um, Cute. So I like that one. And then the other thing about Ravine Gardens is that it has these suspension bridges that are just gorgeous. And I feel like it's it's just a really pretty park. The bridges are really nice. Uh, there's a pathway that goes along spring fed water. That's again, that crystal clear, really shallow little spring fed uh, stream that um, has that old Florida feel. And there's lots of plants and, uh, and flowers. And it's just, just a gorgeous garden. It clearly needs more restoration, but it looks like they're working on it. And, um, and like I said, it has that old Florida, you can just picture what it would have been like back in the day. So those are my top three for right now. Um, but we have a lot of exploring to still do. So I'm sure it'll change. 
Well, that's awesome. It's even more of a reason for people to follow you. And we'll get to how they can follow you at the end. But um, you had said something about old Florida, but also privately, you had said something to me about real Florida. What is real Florida? Can you tell me more about that? I'm so curious. So I'm Florida born and raised, been here my whole life. And Florida has a ton of tourists. And when you tell somebody that you're from Florida, they think Mickey Mouse, they think beaches, they think uh, about Clearwater or uh, Miami, or, you know, that's where they think of as Florida, Florida's beaches and Florida is, um, yes, there's alligators, but you like, people don't realize that there's alligators in every, almost every pond in Florida <laughs> has alligators in it. It's just, that's part of life here. But real Florida to me is the dirt roads, the back roads, it's, um, it's big cypress trees, it's old oak trees and, and big oak canopies and, um, and pastures that are just as wide as you can see. We're a, a big ranching community here in Florida. It's not just orange groves anymore. And I don't think it ever was. I mean, the, the, the old Florida cracker stories were about old Florida cowboys. And, and that's really what Florida is, is it's, it's very, um, it's very wild. And uh, so when I say real Florida, I'm referring to the natural beauty that the state has, uh, the springs, we have an incredible um, underwater system, our aquifer, and, um, and the springs that come up out of that are just Every single one of them is gorgeous with crystal clear water. And a lot of people don't know about it. There's um, if you are into diving at all or even snorkeling, but you can see the cave systems underneath the springs. Um, it's it's really just pretty. And uh, that's so springs are real Florida. Um, and like I said, it's really earthy woods, creeks, spring fed streams, stuff like that is is what. I grew up on and, and I appreciate it now as an adult. Um, as a kid, I grew up in kind of a rural part of Florida and it was just part of life. I don't know. We, <laughs> we just, we lived on five acres and I didn't think anything about the oak trees that were around or the, the cypress trees, you know, it was like, oh, this is the swamp, but the swamp <laughs> is really beautiful. And there's a lot of things in it, wildlife, um, birds and bugs and things that are, uh, kind of interesting, you know, oh, or a I lot more that. than beaches. <laughs> yeah. And not oh, a lot more than beaches and then a lot more than amusement parks too. Oh, definitely. Like you yeah. said, everyone thinks of Mickey mouse or Disney yeah. world and everything right now, especially, but I, I think that I love the way you describe that. I just, I almost have goosebumps because it just makes me want to go so bad because you're right. Like, I think that everybody, not everybody, but I know I'm guilty of it on mm. the West coast and being from the West coast, you oftentimes will think of just those crazy crowded beaches that you see Miami style, like boardwalks and then the amusement parks. And that's, you know, about it, maybe some diving as well, but knowing that there's like the ranching community and, and those aquifers, I just, I think that sounds so gorgeous. And I just love what you're doing so, so much. So I follow you already, as you know, and that's how we connected, but also I can't wait to continue to follow you to yeah. see more of these parks and, and find and hear more about which favorites bubble up to the surface as you start to explore some more even, or even go deeper into exploring the 177 parks. That's so amazing. It makes 
It makes me want to do the same thing here. Maybe we will. Maybe I'm going to take a page out of your book and do something (laughs) like that. I totally want to. Um, So if there's one thing that you wish people would ask you that they rarely do when they hear about your adventure, what do you think that would be? I think, so a lot of people ask me, it's the question is, how do you do it? And a lot of people ask me with the tone of, oh, how do you do it? You know, like they're exhausted just thinking about it. And instead, I want the question to be, how do you do it? You know, not not with an exhausted tone. And it's the question that I do get asked, but ask it in a different way, because I want to encourage other people to do the same things with their family, wherever they live. You know, there's every single state in this country has beautiful, natural lands. I mean, even in the areas in the Northeast that are more metro, you get out of the big cities and there's really pretty parts of this country everywhere. So um, I would say, if you're going to ask me how I do it, mean it. <laughs> you know? I love that. I love that. It's so true because you obviously have such a passion for this mode of travel and adventure and exploration. And, and obviously we share that same love of travel and exploration um, mm-hmm. and just getting like real backwoods and, and exploring the, the parts that aren't often seen. And I think that that's so much fun. And so I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. If someone's going to ask me how I do it, I want it to be the same thing. How do you do that? Cause I want more of it. I want some of that. Cause it looks really, really fun. And that's yeah. what I hope to inspire people with, with this podcast is helping people to see that it's totally possible. And not only is it possible, but it's amazingly fun and, and exciting. And so I'm so thankful that you came on to tell your story because that's exactly what I'm, we didn't even talk about this ahead of time, but I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you said it like that because it's exactly what I hope people talk, walk away with when they're listening is how can I do that? How can I try I, something like that? Yeah. I am a completely normal person. I'm not a, I say that I'm adventurous, but we're not at that like upper level where I'd say like adventure athletes or anything like that. We are just a family and um, you know, we spend our, our weekdays working at a desk all day and uh, you know, we cook dinner every night. Like we're just a normal family and we do it and there's nothing special about us. Um, We don't have special abilities. We don't have a ton of money. We don't have a ton of time. It's just, what we like to do. And so if it's something that you like to do, um, you just try to find a way to make it work for your family and still have fun with it. And, and, you know, you look at my Instagram page and you see all the fun activities that we do, but I mean, there are challenges behind it too, that you don't see. I mean, I have a two-year-old, she throws fits, you know, she gets mad that she can't wave a marshmallow stick around and, you know, (laughs) you know, like there's, there are things that happen and, um, and that's just reality. But I mean, we could deal with a temper tantrum at home or we can deal with it in the woods where if she yells and screams and kicks, who cares, you know? Mm -hmm. So exactly, um, exactly. So, you know, I, I think anybody can do it and it really does teach the kids to respect nature, to understand their environment, to, um, to be self-sufficient and, uh, you know, and you're able as a parent to be a little bit more hands-off. And I get so proud of my son when he can figure something out for his own, you know, if we come to a fork in a trail and do we go straight or do we turn? And he knows the answer on his own. I mean, that's amazing. Or when he can pull out his compass and say which direction we're going, 
that's what we want everyone to be able to, you know, like, that's what I want my kids to be able to do. And if something were to happen and we weren't in the woods with them, like, could they get back to safety? Yeah, they probably could, you know, they know what to do and what not to do. And I think that that's important. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that there's such a confidence booster Mm -hmm. for the kids just being able to make those decisions and say, I know how to do this. And they don't have to rely on mom and dad all the time. We're right there, but having them know that they can do something, it just, it's so empowering for them. And I love that so much. Yeah. And it's so much. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It is fun. It's so much fun. And yeah, there's so many laughs and so many exciting, unexpected memories that come out of all these adventures, I think. So, yeah, I know that I'm excited to keep following along with you and seeing where you go. Can you tell anybody listening where they can go and find you as well? Yes. Uh, Instagram and Facebook at Florida state park project. Perfect. That's easy to remember. And I just want to add a note that you're not trying to sell anything. This is purely just something fun. (laughs) Yes. I I don't make any money off of anything related to adventure. I've got a normal nine to five desk job. Um, and this is just what I do for fun. This is a family thing. So, um, you can always reach out to me for tips or, um, if you're close to me, if you're local to me, let's hang out and go somewhere together. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us. I'm super, super excited that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Bye. Bye.